Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Psychic Teachers. I'm your host, Samantha Fay. And I'm Deb Bowen. And today we're going to be discussing famous people who saw UFOs. Deb, if you saw something weird in the sky, would you report it? You betcha. You would? Mm-hmm. I sure would. I've seen a couple of weird things up in the skies and I've never reported it. I don't know. I just have a funny feeling about reporting it. Well, you know, I have to tell you, some years ago, I did see what I really do believe was a strange object in the sky. And this was before I knew about organizations like MUFON and and some of those. And if I were to see that today, I would report it. I sure would. But back then you didn't? But back then, I didn't even know how I could. Right, right. Well, there's been such a stigma around it, which is why I just wanted to ask that question. Luckily, though, since the New York Times article on Navy sightings of UFOs and the recent government report, uh, which occurred back in June, it seems as though that stigma normally associated with reporting seeing a UFO is starting to lift, which is such a good thing. That nine-page report that we were all waiting with bated breath on wasn't the most exciting. But It didn't use words like alien or extraterrestrial. However, it did say there is no evidence this phenomenon that highly trained Navy pilots are seeing is part of a secret foreign country. That report also tasked all branches of the military to get on board in terms of recording and reporting sightings. So all of this means that we've come a really long way from the 1950s when the CIA decided to create a national program to debunk all UFO reports. The declassified Robertson panel report reveals that this debunking would be accomplished by mass media, such as television, motion pictures, and popular articles. The program used advertising executives, psychologists, and even Disney cartoons to make UFO believers look silly and weird. They also decided to watch all UFO civilian groups because of their, quote, great influence on mass thinking if widespread sighting should occur. So what you've just really said, if I'm hearing you correctly, is that there was a government plan to create a propaganda program to debunk UFO sighters. Yes. And there are even memos you can see where they purposely used words like kook and conspiracy nut to plant that idea in people's heads, to dissuade others from reporting these UFOs, talking about them or believing in them. Interesting. Okay. Now, J. Allen Hynek, who headed up Project Blue Book, said the implication in the panel report was that UFOs were a nonsense matter to be debunked at all cost. 
it made the subject of UFOs scientifically unrespectable. So that's really sad. And I'm really happy that that is finally now changing. Help me understand again what Project Blue Book is, just, just for some clarification of that term. Can you do that? Sure. So Project Blue Book was started shortly after the Roswell sighting in 1947. Project Blue Book started in the 1950s, I believe. And it was headed up by J. Allen Hynek and some other Air Force officers. J. Allen Hynek was a well-regarded science professor. And it was tasked with the job of explaining away this huge rash of UFO sightings we had after the Roswell incident. Gotcha. Okay, thanks. So despite this national program to make UFO believers look kooky, weird, and fringe, throughout history, we have recorded sightings from brave people willing to go on the record. And so in today's show, we're going to look at some well-known people who claim to have seen UFOs. One of the earliest sightings we could find from a highly regarded person dates all the way back to the 3rd century BC. Titus Livius Padavinus, Livy to his friends, is regarded as one of the three top historians from ancient Rome. He wrote about the founding of Rome and chronicled its history. In one of his writings, he describes seeing an airship in the sky in 214 BC. Of course, we do have alleged descriptions of UFOs in the Bible. Many believe that the prophet Elijah, who ascended into heaven, was actually taken into a UFO, which is described as a chariot of fire. Some believe the cloud that followed Moses and his people for years as they made their way to the promised land was actually a UFO because it is said that the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light. Others point to Jacob's vision of angels ascending and descending a ladder to be an example of extraterrestrials going in and out of a spaceship. There's also an ancient Chinese legend that tells of a land with flying carts where one-armed, three-eyed beings ride around in winged chariots with gold wheels. A Sanskrit text called the Dronaprava describes battles fought in the air between gods soaring through the skies and flying machines. One of the battles tells of a, quote, blazing missile possessed of the radiance of smokeless fire. I mean, think about that, Deb. If you had never heard of an airplane or even even grappled with the concept of a machine that could fly in air, how would you describe seeing a UFO in the sky? It probably would be a chariot of fire. Absolutely. I mean, you would relate it to something that was tangible and knowable to you. I know. We also have witnesses in Alexander the Great's army tell stories of their army being chased by flying objects that date back to 329 B.C., Two centuries later, the famous Roman writer Plutarch was describing a battle when he added this description. With no apparent change of weather, the sky burst asunder and a huge flame-like body was seen to fall between the two armies. In shape, it was most like a wine jar and in color like molten silver. So what does that sound like? According to other written accounts, he was one of thousands to witness this bizarre silver object descending between two battling armies. Okay, I have a question about that, because as you're describing this, what I'm seeing is almost like a what you and I would think of as a cigar-shaped UFO, right? Yes. That's, that's what I'm seeing as you're reading this. But then what? The part of me that wants to be the yeah, but skeptic gal, although I'm really not, says, okay, so it descended, falls between two armies. Well, then where'd it go? What happened? Well, Where's the rest? 
the story. There's there's a lot to the rest of the story that we don't have time to go into, but I would recommend anyone who's interested, check out a book called The Gods of Eden by William Bramley. He has historically tracked all the times off-planet beings have intervened in our wars. And it is a riveting, fascinating, fascinating account. I have emailed him several times to come on the show, but uh, fortunately he doesn't do interviews. Say his name and the name of the book again, though. Gods of Eden by William Bramley. Okay, thanks. In the ninth century, the Archbishop of Lyons wrote about his town witnessing aerial sailors in the sky. He recorded in his diaries that four witnesses, three men and a woman, claimed they were taken up in one of these sky ships and had fallen or somehow returned to the earth. The townspeople chained them up for lying and stoned them to death. How's that for a way to silence UFO reports? Well, that certainly did. But, you know, we've got some modern day analogies that are similar to that. Then in the 13th century in England, there's a story about another aerial ship whose anchor or some mechanism of their craft got stuck on a pile of stones. When the pilot climbed down the rope to free the spacecraft, the people who had gathered to watch this strange airship surrounded the curious man and killed him. Well, that's certainly a way to make friends and influence people. <laughs> Good golly. We, we are so afraid of that which we do not understand. I know. Rather than saying, you know, let's, who are you? Let's talk about this. Let's. It makes you wonder, you know, is this why they haven't engaged us more directly? Yeah. Well, would you want to come hang out with us if you were these folks from off planet? I, mean, I, I know. I mean, it just makes you think if UFOs have been visiting us for thousands of years, if these sightings are credible, what does this mean? I mean, I always think if they were here to harm us, wouldn't that be apparent by now? What are we so afraid of that it's taken more than 2000 years for this topic to even approach the mainstream? I don't know. I don't think you can say all off-planet beings are good or all off-planet beings are bad. The same way you can't say that about humanity. Oh, I agree. There's so much out there we don't know. I think all you can do is look at the facts and the reports, which is why it's so good that finally we are normalizing this idea of reporting these unusual sightings. So we also have this interesting story about Winston Churchill, England's prime minister who helped us bring an end to World War II. He wrote an 11-page essay on extraterrestrial life. I find this fascinating because as we discussed in a prior show we did on the occult in World War II, Many claim Churchill was open not only to UFOs, but also to many spiritual and paranormal topics. It said, for example, the famous V for victory sign he's famous for waving to crowds was given to him by Aleister Crowley, who said it was an ancient pagan symbol of protection. Churchill is also the one who freed the last woman arrested on charges of witchcraft, which we have covered on another show. Helen Duncan was such a prolific medium during World War II that she often brought through sensitive information about the war from deceased soldiers that the English government didn't want released, so they had her arrested. However, when Churchill heard about this, he made sure she was found innocent of all charges. In his essay on extraterrestrial life, he wrote, I, for one, am not so immensely impressed by the success we are making of our civilization here that I am prepared to think we are the only spot in this immense universe which contains living, thinking creatures, or that we are the highest type of mental and physical development which has ever appeared in the vast compass of space and time. Don't you wish you could write like him? 
Yes, I do. Uh, you know, it's hard not to really admire Churchill for these kind of thoughts. Yes, which were really unusual for that day and time where, you know, we were taught that we are the only creators of of this one God, that there's nothing else, just earth and that's it. I remember having that discussion in a Sunday school class when I was a teenager and saying to a classmate, I cannot believe in a God who is so limited in his thinking that we're it. How was that received? Well, my Sunday school teacher, bless her, was a wonderful woman. She encouraged us to think and to question, and she applauded, as did a couple of other classmates. But but I remember just thinking, why would you limit such power and thought to just us? And when you look at it, that unfathomable space out there, how can you possibly think that? And I still believe that. Well, when my older sister was getting confirmed in the Catholic Church, my dad volunteered to teach the CCD classes. And one of the books he had them read, you get to pick different books you have the CCD class read to expose them to different religions. Because when you're confirmed in the church, it's basically you saying, you know, I'm choosing, this is the faith that I'm choosing to follow. And so they like you to study other religions and other philosophical ideas so that you're well informed before making that choice. And one of the books my dad had them read was Stranger from a Strange Land. And wow. he- he was asked to no longer teach the CCD classes at our church. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, golly, it's been years since I've read that book, but boy, do I remember it. Now, one of your favorites, Deb, John Lennon also claims to have seen a UFO. He's quoted as saying, I was lying naked on my bed when I had this urge. So I went to the window. There, as I turned my head, hovering over the next building, no more than 100 feet away, was this thing with ordinary electric light bulbs flashing on and off around the bottom, one non-blinking red light on top. His friend, Yuri Geller, the man famous for bending spoons and working on the government's remote viewing program, has stated on several occasions that Lennon told Geller about meeting with off-planet beings who had bug-like large eyes. I'm sure that John believes that's what's happened to him. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it either. So for some people who might not know this, Dan Aykroyd, who wrote and starred in the Ghostbusters and Blues Brothers and Saturday Night Live, Coneheads, so so many wonderful things. He and his entire family has a huge and fascinating belief in everything paranormal, including UFOs. And he has written books on it. His father has written books on it. He also created a vodka called, uh, I think it's called Crystal Skull Vodka. But he claims that he was laying in bed one night and had that same urge and went out to the window and saw a UFO. So that seems to be a a common thing where you get this sense to kind of, you know, get up and look out the window. It's almost like they're, you know, they're trying to communicate with us. Now, before we leave England, we have to mention Prince Philip's fascination with UFOs. Since his death in April, it's been revealed that he had a huge passion for this topic. He was even a subscriber to England's Flying Saucer Review. His interest in extraterrestrials began after his beloved uncle, Lord Mountbatten, reported an encounter with a UFO seen by one of his employees. The report filed by Prince Philip's uncle was only made public after Lord Mountbatten's death in 1979. It reveals that in 1955, a bricklayer working on Mountbatten's estate in 1955 saw a silver spaceship land on the grounds of the Broadlands estate in Hampshire, England. The bricklayer, a man named Fred Briggs, was riding his bike on the grounds when he stopped in awe to watch a silver spaceship hover over the ground. 
Briggs then watched as a man in overalls wearing a helmet emerged from the bottom of the craft. He said he was then knocked off his bike and held down by an invisible force. In the report, Briggs says that around 8.30 on a Wednesday morning, February 23rd, 1955, he was cycling to work on the estate when he saw an object shaped like a child's spinning top that was about 20 to 30 feet in diameter. He said the color of the spaceship was like dull aluminum or a kitchen saucepan. Briggs said he saw portholes all around the middle of the spaceship. He then writes, while I was watching a column about the thickness of a man descended from the center of the saucer, and I suddenly noticed on it what appeared to be a man, presumably standing on a platform on the end. He did not appear to be holding on to anything. He seemed to be dressed in a dark suit of overalls and was wearing a close-fitting hat or helmet. As I stood there watching, I suddenly saw a curious light come on in one of the portholes. It was a bluish light, rather like a mercury vapor light. Although it was quite bright, it did not appear to be directed straight at me, nor did it dazzle me. But simultaneously with the light coming on, I suddenly seemed to be pushed over, and I fell down in the snow with my bicycle on top of me. What is more, I could not get up as though an unseen force was holding me down. The flying saucer then disappeared out of sight almost instantaneously. Lord Mountbatten himself added in a signed statement, Mr. Briggs was still dazed when I first saw him and was worried that no one would believe his story. Indeed, he made a point of saying that he had never believed in flying saucer stories before and had been absolutely amazed at what he had seen. He did not give me the impression of being the sort of man who would be subject to hallucination or would in any way invent such a story. I am sure from the sincere way he gave his account that he himself is completely convinced of the truth of his own statement. Alejandro Rojas, who runs the show Open Minds TV, which reports on UFOs, said Lord Mountbatten helped increase reporting and coverage of these sightings. He told The Sun in an interview, the royals have had a history of being interested in the paranormal, but Mountbatten was very interested in UFOs and he was instrumental in the UFO subject being taken more seriously and popularized in the UK. Prior to some of the more credible books about UFOs being serialized in the UK, British people thought Americans were silly in their attention to UFOs. Behind the scenes, and people didn't know it at the time, Mountbatten was contacting different newspapers and trying to get them interested in serializing these UFO books. He then asked them not to tell anyone that it was him who had gotten them to do it. They respected his request and did not let people know. According to recent reports, Prince Philip, who was very close to his uncle, carried on this passionate interest in UFOs. He instructed his assistant to collect all information, reports, and data on UFOs. In his memoir about working for the prince, his assistant, Sir Peter Horsley, writes that he was tasked with bringing people who had encounters with UFOs to the palace for private meetings with the prince. The Queen's husband had a huge collection of books on the subject, including a dozen books written by John Hansen, such as Haunted Skies and The Halt Perspective about the Rendlesham Forest incident. Hansen, a retired detective, said, I'm quite proud of Prince Philip. Why shouldn't he have been interested in UFOs? Because for goodness sake, that is something that we should treat seriously rather than flippantly. It is a phenomenon that has baffled mankind for millennia. Even Prince Charles is interested in it, and Prince William, too. Let's go back to, to the description that Fred Briggs gives. Okay. His description of that spaceship is so quintessentially what we think of as spaceships. 
kind of that round thing with the porthole windows and the opening from the bottom and down this ramp comes this being. The person or the being he describes isn't like a gray as we see them in like Close Encounters of the Third Kind, but the ship itself is so quintessentially what we think of as a spaceship. I'm just fascinated how the sightings are so similar in places around the globe of what these ships look like. Especially before we had all this technology connecting us instantly. Absolutely. If you read anything by John Keels or Jacques Vallée, they have so many stories in all of their books about many of these off-planet beings who do look like us. They're shorter than us, but they do look human-like. There's a fascinating story to me. It's such an odd little story. This farmer who everyone testified, I, I can't remember where in the Midwest in America he was, but everyone testified that he was just the most normal, honest, down-to-earth man you could meet. And he swears that one day a spaceship landed on his farm and he did not know what to make of it. He went out and these two humanoid looking people came out and asked for some water and he brought them some water and they offered him some pancakes in return. And he actually ate one of the pancakes. It tasted terrible, like very, very bland, but he saved the other two and gave them to the local air force base there. Wonder if they ran tests on them. They, they did. Ran. They did. And there was nothing, uh, you know, off planet about it. I think it was like cornmeal and flour or something. No maple syrup? No. Very, very oh. bland. <laughs> but there are so many cool stories in, in those books. Any Passport to Matagonia, any of those types of books, you can read stories like that. But yeah, they aren't always the monstrous creatures you see from the alien movies, or they aren't always the, the grays. Very often they do look like us. Now, Prince Philip is not the first royal to take an interest in UFOs. In June of 1881, two sons of the Prince of Wales, one who would grow up to become King George V, claimed they and others aboard a ship sailing home from Australia saw something in the sky they described as a well-lit airborne ship. Again, this is 1881, well before airplanes were invented. So if you did see an object flying in the sky, you wouldn't call it a plane. We didn't have that word. You would call it a chariot or an airborne ship. So I think the wording that people use to describe these sightings throughout history is so interesting. Wow. Okay, Samantha, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll discuss some more celebrity encounters with extra, you know, that word extraterrestrial. I always think of them now as off-planet beings. Yeah. I mean, any word, you know, extraterrestrial, they are extra means out of and terrestrial, you know, so they are out of this earth off planet beings. Again, I don't think any of the words we have to describe them are correct. If you look at the Navy pilot sightings, all of those sightings come from our ocean. So a lot of people think they aren't even off planet beings, that they are here living in uh, some aspect of our earth. Isn't that wild? Okay. So let's tell people about how they can find this, shall we? So Samantha and I are always delighted to get emails from you. We get lots and lots and lots of them. So it may take a while to get your question on the air, but you can email us at psychicteachers at gmail.com. We're certainly delighted to have you join us on our Facebook page, Psychic Teachers. And Samantha and I both have websites samanthafay.com and debbowen.com. And there you can also find a button to subscribe to our free monthly newsletters. Each of us have newsletters. That really is the best way 
to keep up with what we are planning a month in advance, basically. So we'd love to have you join us on our newsletter subscriptions as well. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, let's get back to the show. So it's not just British royals who claim to have encountered UFOs. A few U.S. presidents have gone on the record. President Jimmy Carter said he and two dozen witnesses saw a UFO in the sky one autumn evening in 1969. Then the governor of Georgia, Carter was outside preparing to give a speech in a town called Leary when he looked up and saw a well-lit round object about the size of the moon moving forward and backward or at times simply staying still in the night sky. He reported the sighting to the National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomenon. He told Larry King, I was outside a school lunchroom one night before sundown. It was getting dark and we were getting ready to eat supper. And I and about 25 men were standing around. And all of a sudden in the western sky, we saw a strange light coming toward us, a round light. It got closer and closer and right above the pine trees, it stopped. And then it began to change colors from blue to red to white. Then it stayed there for a while. We were all aghast. We didn't know what it was. And then it just disappeared into the West. That was the end of it. Leslie Keene reports that, quote, Carter made a request through his science advisor, Frank Press, in 1977, asking NASA to look into UFOs. Even though the request came from the highest office in the land, NASA declined. This shows she continues that even presidents cannot always get information about some topics. I learned, so, I don't even remember when now I read this. So I'm not sure this is accurate. I remember jokingly saying to somebody, the only reason I would ever want to be president is so I could say to somebody, show me the bodies from Roswell. And whoever I was talking to said, even the president does not have that permission. Well, think about it. I mean, if this is something that is really happening and the government doesn't know why or who or where, they can't, they can't come out and say that. And if they tell a president who's only going to be around for four or eight years, that's too risky. There's rumors, and um, Jackie Gleason's wife wrote a book about this. None of it's been collaborated by, corroborated by historians, but supposedly Richard Nixon was shown the bodies at Roswell. And he and Jackie Gleason were friends. They were golfing one day. And he said, do you want to see them? And Jackie Gleason's wife claims that he was never the same after that, but that Nixon did take him to an Air Force base. I'm not sure if it was Wright Patterson or another one and showed him the bodies from Roswell. 
I remember reading about that. When President Reagan was governor of California, he and three other witnesses said they spotted a UFO in the skies above California. When Reagan and his security guards saw the lighted object moving through the skies near them, they pointed it out to the pilot, Bill Painter, who later described it as, quote, a fairly steady light until it began to accelerate. Then it appeared to elongate, then the light took off. It went up at a 45 degree angle at a high rate of speed. Everyone on the plane was surprised. The UFO went from a normal cruising speed to a fantastic speed instantly. If you give an airplane power, it will accelerate, but not like a hot rod, and that's what this was like. A few weeks later, Reagan was talking to a reporter for the Wall Street Journal who was also his friend. And so they were just chatting, and he said to him, we followed it for several minutes. It was a bright white light. We followed it to Bakersfield, and all of a sudden, to our utter amazement, it went straight up into the heavens. The reporter, a man named Norman C. Miller, said he asked a few questions that exposed his doubt, which is when Reagan remembered he was talking to his friend who was also a reporter. Miller writes, a look of horror came over him. It suddenly dawned on Reagan that he was talking to a reporter and immediately he clammed up. He never spoke of the encounter again. And that wow. just makes me sad about how many people may have seen these things, you know, important people that society would trust and listen to, but because of this carefully calculated program to discount people and discredit people who see these things. I mean, think about the Phoenix lights. I mean, that was such a big thing in the late 90s. And the governor of Arizona even saw these lights. And when he came out to do the press conference on it, he had a man dressed up in a very silly caricature of an alien, essentially making fun of it. And it really upset a lot of people. Hillary Clinton announced during her bid for the presidency on the Jimmy Kimmel show that she would like to push disclosure if she won her campaign. She said, I would like us to go into those files and hopefully make as much of that public as possible. If there's nothing there, let's tell people there's nothing there. So I just think it's interesting to note that several U.S. presidents, ambassadors, highly placed people have gone on the record as seeing this. There are some not-so-on-the-record reports of well-known, highly-placed people seeing these things. There's something called the alleged Griotta Treaty. President Eisenhower's granddaughter, Laura Eisenhower, claims that on February 20th, 1954, President Eisenhower met with extraterrestrials at Edwards Air Force Base and signed the Griotta Treaty. The story goes that the alien greys agreed to release technology to us if we turned a blind eye to alien abductions. That sounds crazy, right? But check out these weird facts. That week, Eisenhower was in Palm Springs playing golf. Now, he was at dinner one night when he just very quickly left for an unscheduled meeting. And you know how it is for a president with all of their security detail Every minute of their day is scheduled months and months in advance. And here he just leaves this dinner at this golf resort for an unscheduled meeting. While UFO researchers say he snuck out that night to meet with these off-planet beings hell-bent on kidnapping humans, historians say, nope, he had to leave in the middle of his vacation that night to go see his dentist. He had a chipped tooth. Okay, that happens. However, the AP reported that night President Eisenhower died tonight of a heart attack in Palm Springs. Two minutes later, the AP retracted that story. So what do you think happened? 
I don't know, but I just think it's really weird. Eisenhower had a history of teeth issues with his crowns cracking and whatnot, but they've looked at his dentist in California and he has nothing recorded that he met with Eisenhower that night. But this is such a hot topic for UFO researchers that at the Eisenhower Library, they actually have a man in charge just for answering his transportation questions about where he was on certain nights, because so many UFO researchers are trying to, you know, really get good evidence that he did indeed meet with these, with these alien greys. And it's interesting because a lot of people, not just his granddaughter, have said that this Griotta Treaty said, okay, you know, we agree to let you abduct humans, a percentage of the population. You've got to give us their names, their addresses, so we can keep track of them and make sure they're safe. And in return, you give us technology. And there have been stories that the alien greys kind of took advantage of that and started abducting more people than they promised. But then they kept giving us more technology. And if you look at you know, the thousands of years we had of civ- since civilization was a thing. And then you compare it to the last 70 years. The advances we have made are truly phenomenal. And it does make you wonder why now? Why now? Why now would we suddenly have all this technology? It, it does. Absolutely, it does. Where has it been all these years? Why the, the suddenness of it all? And we don't know the answer. But this is certainly one theory, isn't it? It is. And, you know, and Laura Eisenhower has been discredited by a lot of people. And I don't I shouldn't say discredited, but uh, made fun of, poked at, you know, laughed at. And yet she has stuck to her story uh, her entire life. And she says part of that agreement was to abduct cattle. I knew that would freak you out. All right, let's move on to <laughs> let's move on from royals and politicians to celebrities. Heavyweight boxing champion Muhammad Ali had a few sightings of his own. He's quoted as saying, "I happened to look up just before dawn as I often do while running, and there hovering above us was this brilliant light hanging as if by an invisible thread. At first I thought it was a beacon projected from a helicopter, but moments later a similar object passed in front of us." I brought it to the attention of my trainer who was standing nearby. We watched them come from behind the skyline and move slowly across the sky for at least 15 minutes. The best I can describe the sighting is to say they were just round and big. This is no joke. All my friends saw it. Actually, I've seen them many times before. I've had 16 sightings total to date. Many times in the early morning hours, if you look up in the sky, you can see them playing tag between the stars really high up. I've had a good number of sightings myself. The closest one happened when a cigar-shaped ship hovered briefly over a car I was a passenger in one night driving north on the New Jersey Turnpike. What a sight that was. We could see the shadow made by the UFO as it passed over the pavement of the road in the light of the full moon. Before I could blink my eyes, this light had come down toward the mountains until it hovered right above the valley here. I knew I couldn't be dreaming. Sure enough, it was still there. This had to be one of those big ships they talk about. The UFO was streamlined and shaped sort of like a cigar, but blunt on both ends. I couldn't see any windows or anything, but I'm certain there must have been people on board. Muhammad Ali, he's not known to be a liar. I mean, he sure can boast, but he can always back up his boasting, right? Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. He certainly did that. I don't think of him as anyone who would tell a tall tale. 
Even the king of rock and roll claims to have had several encounters with extraterrestrials, starting with his birth. The doctor who helped his mom deliver Elvis said when he was born, a strange bright light beamed over the Presley home. Elvis said that when he was eight years old, extraterrestrials telepathically told him about his upcoming fame and even showed him an image of a man in a white suit singing to a large crowd. He also talked about seeing UFOs several times throughout his life. Now, Deb, I just have to tell a quick story that I was at the nursing home to visit my dad. And now with this, these new COVID restrictions, I can't just walk in and see him. They have to bring him to me. And then we get to sit outside in the boiling heat and, and catch up. So as I'm waiting in the lobby, I was saying to the receptionist, like, oh, I hate these new COVID restrictions. I miss just being able to sit with my dad in his room. And, and she said, I know we were supposed to have an Elvis impersonator come and sing to them this week. And we had to cancel that. And I'm like, oh, and I'm not good at small talk. And I'm thinking about all these notes and research I've been doing for this show. So I tell her this story. Did oh, you yeah. know? That when Elvis Presley was born, the doctor saw it. She just looked at me and blinked and said, let me see if that nurse is bringing your dad up. <laughs> you should have told her the story of my mama playing Santa bring my baby back to me on Thanksgiving Day for my mama to start off the Christmas season instead. Yeah, she, she would have known what to do with that. She did not know what to do with Elvis and UFOs. <laughs> and okay. I've never heard that. Sorry, to be honest with you, I've never heard about that. I just think it's interesting. And I think if you, there are, I mean, I'm only including some of the more well-known celebrities, but there are so many stories. And I just wonder if William Bramley in that book I mentioned before, Gods of Eden, isn't right where he says they have been intervening in our lives forever. And then I think about movies like The Matrix, where everything is just an illusion in a, in a, video game simulation, you know, and what if we're just video game characters and, and some kid playing on his extraterrestrial Atari Nintendo Xbox is like, Hey, let's make this guy famous. All right. So fellow singer, David Bowie said he saw so many UFOs growing up that he just got used to it. One night as an adult, he saw an object over a field and said it was most likely a projection of my own mind trying to make sense of this quantum topological doorway into dimensions beyond our own. What do you make of that quote? I'm trying to decipher the word topological. So I think what David Bowie is saying there is that he believes there are doorways into these other dimensions, which a lot of people who believe in this phenomenon attest to that it's not that they're coming from the planet Venus or some planet outside of our solar system, but that they actually live here. It's just in a different dimension. Like the 10,000 doors of January that I can't quit reading. Yes, exactly. Fascinating. Olivia okay. Newton-John said she saw a silver flying object zooming through the skies of Cambridge when she was 15. Zane Malik told a reporter he decided to leave the popular band One Direction after meeting with an alien in a dream. Now, I kept Googling and Googling and Googling that from what I could find. He did not talk about what the alien said to him in a dream. He just simply said that after this encounter, he knew he had to leave the band. Nick Jonas oh. told England's morning show host that he saw a UFO. He says, I was in my backyard in LA and I looked up at the sky and saw three flying saucers. I looked at my friend and said, are you seeing this or am I losing my mind? He said when he researched his sighting, he saw there were three other sightings in the two weeks before his, 
But the U.S. Navy later came out and said the lights he saw were from one of their missile tests. So again, hmm, was it or was it something else? Singer Kesha discussed her UFO sighting on a talk show saying, I was in Joshua Tree, totally sober. Let me preface, completely sober. I think people would be like, she was on acid or something. I wasn't. I was on nothing. Just a lady in the desert. I looked up in the sky and there's a bunch of spaceships. I swear to God, there were like five to seven. And I don't know why I didn't like try to take a picture of it. I just looked at it. I was sitting on a rock and I was like, what in hell is that? I was trying to figure out and then they went away. They came back in a different formation and I was like, those are effing aliens. They were spaceships. Now, George Sukalis, who some of you might know from Ancient Aliens, said he saw something strange in the same spot as Kesha. He says on August 8th, 2014, along with 26 other people with night vision goggles in Joshua Tree at the Contact in the Desert Conference around midnight, we saw stars inside the Big Dipper, which obviously didn't belong there. And after 10 minutes of observing those two stars, they began to move equidistant from each other up into space or into the darkness of the night sky. This makes me think, Deb, about those thin places we've discussed before, and maybe Joshua Tree is one of those portal windows. That it is. Now, Fran Drescher, who created and starred in The Nanny, has spoken many times about her UFO encounter. She said that she and her then-husband both shared seeing extraterrestrials before they met. She said, you know, it's funny because Peter and I both saw aliens before we knew each other, doing the same thing, driving on the road, talking with our dads. We were both in junior high. A few years later, we met and we realized we had the same experience. I think that somehow we were programmed to meet. We both have this scar. It's the exact same scar on the exact same spot. That's where the chip is, she told Huffington Post in 2012. I love their love story, and I'm so sad their marriage didn't make it. They met in junior high. They dated all through high school. They created the nanny and several other projects together. And I just think it's neat to think that maybe off-planet beings put them together. Even gladiators have seen UFOs. Russell Crowe shared a video he shot outside his office in Sydney, Australia, that shows strange lights in the sky. He tweeted the video saying, a friend and I set up a camera to capture fruit bats rising from botanic gardens. And this was a big surprise. Demi Lovato says she thinks mermaids could be a form of extraterrestrial life that live in our oceans, which again goes back to pretty recent but well-known theory that these some of these things we're seeing are originating in the depths of our ocean, which, what is it, Deb? 80% of the oceans haven't been explored? At least. Samantha, thank you for all of your hard work on, on this episode, as you all can certainly tell Samantha did the way more than the lion's share of information on, on this episode. And it's fascinating, some of which we have talked about, I had read about or heard about before. Some of this is new information to me, but the thought of entertaining the notion that we're not alone, whether we're talking about beings on other planets, in other dimensions, under the sea, in some way it's very comforting to me. It, it's, it's kind of frightening, of course, but it's also comforting to me and, and reminds me that, that the way of being in this world is so much bigger than my little human brain could probably ever comprehend. And I'm grateful for that. 
Well, I'm grateful for these well-known people going on the record because like I said at the beginning of the show, I'm not sure I would. And sometimes when we see these things, at least for me, it's so out of the realm of possibility for our little brains that we don't even know what to do with it. I was listening to Unsolved Mysteries Now has a podcast and they did an early, I think it's like episode two or three on the Hudson Valley sightings. And I was listening to it listening to the witnesses. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, I'm one of the Hudson Valley people. When I was in high school, my my two best friends and I were driving home from a football game and we were passing through White Plains, New York. And my friend was just stretched out in the back seat, looking up through the car's sunroof. And she says, what is that in the sky? And I'm in the front passenger seat and I look up through the front windshield and we see all these lights And my friend driving was like, what the heck is that? So she pulled over on the side of this huge, busy highway. So we get out of the car and we look up and it's like, I I describe it as a baseball field or a kite shape of, of these lights in that formation. And I couldn't, some, we thought maybe they were planes flying in formation, but it was so perfect and in sync. And you could kind of see that the center part of the kite formation was a different color than the night sky. So then we got kind of freaked out and we're just craning our necks, staring up. And at one point I just paused to look at the highway and there were so many cars pulled over on the side of this highway doing the same thing as we were. Now, here's the weird thing. We get back in the car and we go home. It makes the, I think the front page of the paper, or at least the front page of the local section. I don't remember my friends and I talking about that ever again. And don't you find that happens a lot when you see something strange that you can't explain? You just don't really talk about it. Yeah. Because yeah, what do you say? Yeah. And, but that's odd. I mean, you've known me a long time. I always have something to say, <laughs> especially <laughs> about unsolved mysteries. So I don't know why I, we just have never really talked about it. So <laughs> I'm just glad that these people risked their reputation to go on the record and, and, you know, this is just a handful of the research that's out there. I mean, there are many, many more people who are well-known and regarded and have gone on the record. I'm just glad to see the tides turning because I don't think we can say what this phenomenon is. I don't think we can say it's all friendly or it's all not friendly, but I do think we need to start taking it seriously. I think it has the potential to be the most important thing to happen in our history if we if we discover this. It is absolutely fascinating. And I am so glad that you particularly are are keeping up with the evolution of this connection to whatever this UFO stuff is. Well, we will continue to keep an eye on it. Thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you keep your eyes to the sky and see if you can report anything interesting that you see. Please remember, as always, to be the light for yourself and others. Have a great week. Take care, everyone. You are listening to Psychic Teachers, a podcast for seekers, light workers, mystics, and magical thinkers. If you enjoy the show, please tell a friend and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. You can also find us on iHeart, Spotify, Podcast Addict, Google Podcast, Podbean, and more. Thanks for listening.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.